We're going to talk about monsters, three monsters for the next three weeks. Is that cool? Three monsters for the next three weeks. Tonight's monster is Frankenstein. Now listen, this is what we're not going to do. I'm not going to stand here every night and tell you you're monsters. I'm not going to do that, even though I may be right. But I'm playing. <laughs> I'm not that church, guys. It was just a joke. Like, I'm getting out. Not this place. We're not that church. What we're going to do is we're going to highlight some monsters. And sometimes, I want you to catch this. Sometimes what you see in a monster, you sometimes see in yourself. The truth is, the monsters in our society, the monsters in our nation, the monsters in our cities, the monsters in our world, the terrorists. I mean, like the people we label monsters, they, they didn't just wake up monsters. I mean, I know you know some little bad kids. Like, I'm going to kick that little kid, man. Punch him in the gut real quick. Shut up. <laughs> Nobody wakes up a monster. There's a process to becoming a monster. There's, there's steps. I mean, like daily decisions and daily habits. Day by day. Come on, decision by decision. And every, every step of the way, you're pushing the envelope. You're getting closer to the edge. And then one day, somebody trips and does something we never thought was going to happen. The truth is, monsters don't just come out of nowhere. They start from a small place of a mindset and of a heart condition. The reality is, Christian, is that there is such thing as loving God and being a monster because you've silenced where your heart is saying and what your mind is thinking. So, so gradually living a certain lifestyle, gradually walking in this thing called Christianity and silencing what you are thinking and where your heart is, one day, maybe in ministry, one day, maybe in the light of the church, one day in the middle of a small group, you will explode and a situation will happen where you will probably label yourself as a monster. I want to let you know that tipping point started off with one small bad decision a long time ago. So the truth is that we label monsters based off their passions and their intentions. Man, he intentionally did that. He's a monster. Man, she intentionally had passion for that. That's nasty. Monster. The thing is, passions derive from the heart. Intentions derive from the mind. So what, we're, what, we're, what we got to do right now, and right now, Friday the 13th. That was weird. Friday the 13th. What we have to do now is guard our heart and guard our mind. This sermon series is about preventing monsters later by having a reality check of where our heart is and where our mind is. Walking in this thing called life, Christianity, whatever you want to call it, recognizing what I love, where my passion is, and not allowing the enemy to taint my mind, confuse my mind, and to taint my heart. The Bible says everything you do comes from the heart. Everything. Amen? Without careful attention to the condition of our hearts and of our souls, we can slowly but surely be masking the very monster that will build inside of us a tainted heart and a confused mind. Somebody say Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I'm going to give you a little bit of history. Frankenstein is a story written by English author. Her name is Mary Shelley. And uh, this began way back in 1797. She tells the story of a scientist named Victor Frankenstein. He is the, the, the if you may, the dad of Frankenstein. He is the creator of Frankenstein. He, somebody's calling me. Tell me to come to church. What you doing, girl? Pastor say come right now. I got a word for that girl, and I'm playing. 
never know, not today. That would be crazy, right? <laughs> Put it on speaker right now. Like, We're at that church. <laughs> Victor Frankenstein. I'm trying to get back into this, guys. Victor Frankenstein, he, it's a story written by Mary Shelley. And what's crazy is sometimes you give birth to what's actually happening inside of you. I don't know if you know this, the number one Googled question ever in the world is, what's my purpose? Follow that is, is Tupac alive. Most Googled, <laughs> most Googled question. Who am I? Who am I? What am I supposed to do in life? What's my purpose? Where am I going? What am I doing? Number one Googled question. And this scheme shows up in the conception of this Frankenstein story. You see, Mary Shelley's writing about Victor Frankenstein. The author is writing of a fictional character who gives birth to another character. And literally, the story of, of Frankenstein is that Victor Frankenstein, he leaves. He's disgusted with his creation. He disappears, and Frankenstein awakens to no one. He's given birth to, and there's nobody around him. There's no one to talk to him. I mean, detailed into the story, he hides in somebody's shed, and he's picking up on their language, and that's how he learns the language of the land, by somebody's back shed somewhere over time. I mean, like, he woke up to, that's the story that Mary Shelley is drawing, and the truth is, is that that very story of people not knowing their purpose, man, I bet you a million dollars, that was the condition of her heart, and I promise you, that is probably the condition of your heart tonight, or maybe it has been, or maybe it will be. But the biggest question sometimes in our life, especially as young adults, is what am I doing and where am I going? What am I doing? Where am I going? I'm going to read to you the story of Frankenstein. It says, Victor, he undertakes the creation of a humanoid. But due to the difficulty in replicating the minute small parts of the human body, Victor, he does a cheat code. He makes the creature very tall, eight feet tall in height, and he was proportionally large. Despite his intentions, the beautiful creation of his dreams is instead hideous. Yellow eyes and skin that barely conceals the muscle tissue and blood vessels underneath. Repulsed by his work, Victor flees, and he just misses him when he awakens. So Victor leaves. He comes back home when he learns the murder of his brother, William. Upon arriving in that city, Geneva, Victor sees the creature near the crime scene of his dead brother, and climbing a mountain. So, so the creature is leading him to believe that he is responsible for the death of his own brother. Ravaged by grief and guilt, Victor follows the creature into the mountains. The creature finds him and pleads for Victor to tell him his tale. He looks, he finds him. He says, listen, I need you to tell me what's my purpose. How did I come here? What am I doing? And right there and then, in the story, Victor Frankenstein begins to tell Frankenstein his story and how he came about. The creature finds him. He pleads him. Intelligent and articulate, the creature relates his first days of life, living alone in the wilderness and finding that people were afraid of him and hated him due to his appearance, which led him to fear and hide from them. This is crazy. This is wild. This is, it's amazing, this story. And we, we always see... You know, the, the, the shows, this big Frankenstein walking through, like, the truth is, everyone he ever approached, he was afraid of, because he didn't know who he was, and he didn't know what they can do. So every situation he's in, Frankenstein, the monster, right, 
the monster. He was actually very intelligent and articulate. He's going into, into scenarios and scenes, and literally people are shocked. They're like throwing the shoe at him. Ah, get him out of here. He's like, oh. And they're like, ah. It's like one of those moments, like you're both scared. You ever had that moment? Like walking in the house, like lay your sister. Ah, ah. Back up. That's, that's what's happening with Frankenstein. He's literally confused. He has no idea what's going on. So he has this question, and maybe tonight, hear me, maybe tonight you've had that question. Who am I? I'm going to give you the answer. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. That is who I am. That's who I am. Who am I? What am I supposed to do? What, what, what do I, I don't know what, I have no idea, Pastor, what I'm doing. You're a child of God. He's called you. There's something greater. Stop settling for the purpose that man has given you and start tuning into the purpose that God has given you. He's your creator. He has your best days ahead of you. He's mapped out every success in your life. He has your best day right in front of you. You are a child of God. Does that bring some peace to your heart? When you, when you, just, you just know you got, a, you got a father who's big. For me, it's my uncles. Nobody mess with me, dog. Nobody want to mess. I got, I, got, I got six uncles, right? All over six feet, kind of. They're buff. Don't mess with me. I can go in any situation confident in who, I, who I'm rocking with. Man, sometimes, you know, especially young adults, we get so worried. We get so, uh, uh, and I'm like, do you know who you are? Do you know who your daddy is? What's money to the king of kings? What's a, a relational problem to the God that always loves you? I mean, I hope tonight what we really leave is with some confidence and with a little bit of pimp in our step and with a little bit of just a different way of seeing things and seeing situations instead of how can I get through this till I know God, my father, is waiting at the other side. I know he's waiting for me. I'm a child of God. It says in the book of Psalms, and this is a lot of verses, but stay with us. It says, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I love David. You shape me first inside, then out. You form me in my mother's womb. Woo! I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul. I am marvelously made. That's some swag right there. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something like an open book. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared. I've even lived one day. I'm a child of God. He has a lot in front of me. I may have made some decisions in my past. But man, just like the prodigal son, come on, he is searching for me. There's a ring waiting to be on my finger. There is a robe that is waiting to be on my back. There is a party that is ready to be thrown in heaven. My father is waiting for me. He's searching for me. Man, tonight, that song, Reckless Love, was just killing me. It was drilling my heart because sometimes we can go wandering off. But I want to encourage someone. You can wander as far as you can ever think. You can hide. You can run. You can wander 
however you are, like wherever you go, God is good enough to follow you and find you wherever you're at. You can wander. I don't care how, how far you've wandered away from God. He's still encouraged because he can find you. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. He's searching after you. Young adult, he is finding you. You may have been in the, in the moments of your life, you may, I never thought I can get here. He's good enough to go down there in those circles, in those holes, and reach you and speak to you and in a moment give you a brand new future and in a moment give you a brand new purpose and in a moment rearrange the way you think, rearrange your heart. Come on, he's good and he is looking for you. Man, I love found sheep, but woo, I love lost sheep. Man, I love seeing y'all here, but man, you got somebody God wants to speak to. You got somebody God wants to reach through you. Listen, God is not lost, and if he's ever lost, it's because he's looking for lost people. Sometimes we see other people young in God. Man, not many years to have that passion. What? I'm telling you, the best thing to ever experience as a Christian is see someone else loving the God you love and seeing someone just being born again. Come on, God is with me. He is my father. I'm a child of God. This is crazy. A lot of young adults say this, and I, pro- I promise you, as I was preaching this, I was like, God, can you help me? Because I don't know how to say this without offending people, because maybe you've said this before, or maybe you've ex- expressed this before, this statement. But God, help me kind of just point just another direction tonight. I want to do that. So what I'm, I'm about to show a quote, and this quote, is maybe that's you in your life at some point. But I want to preach to you tonight because the bottom line is, is that whenever you wander to find yourself, you're actually denying the fact that you were created by a creator. I mean, here's a good quote that may, most of us young adults have said, or we're going to say, or let me go find myself. I need to go find myself. I need to just go to like a river and like find myself. I need a one-way ticket to New York to go find myself. I need a one-way ticket to Africa to just go find myself. I don't know who I am. I got these weird feelings in my heart. I got these weird passions. And I think people in Kentucky can relate to my passions. I got these weird intentions. And I have this strange feeling like if I go wander, like if I just go find something, I'm going to find some people that can relate to what I'm missing. I feel like right now I'm kind of lost in life, so I'm going to go find myself. I'm going to leave everything. I'm going to act like my issues won't be the same in a different place. I'm going to act like changing my surroundings is actually going to change who I am. Talking to somebody once, they're like, you know what I want to do? I was like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to shave my head and move to California. shave it, and I'm going goth. I was like, I love you, but go goth now. That's who you really are. Shave your head now. That's who you are. Do it now. That's who you are. Let me go find myself. You know, every Christmas when you get a tour, you don't know how to work. Where do you go to find what to do? You go to the instructor. You go to the manual. Man, the next time you have a, a question on, on something that's going on, I, I got a question how I'm feeling. I'm starting to feel this type of way. I'm starting to think this type of way. I'm starting to, let me go find, no, 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 let me go find myself in the manual. Let me go look to my Bible to see what God has to say about what I'm thinking. Let me encourage somebody in the room. There's no sin that is not mentioned in the Bible. There's no sin. 
for somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, that was for you. Let me go find myself. The enemy wants you to think this way because he wants you to feel like you can go understand why you were created. But the truth is, there is a separation between creation and creator. And the only moment that you can ever find that answer is just like Frankenstein. You need to get in a scenario, in an area where you can have a conversation with your creator and he'll tell you where you came from, how you have that. Why are you so outgoing? Why are you so organizationally sound? Why are you good at singing? You're to be in worship. Why are you good at organizing? You're to be an administrator. Why are you good at people? You're supposed to be a greeter. You got so many people sitting on their gifts, sitting on their talents, silly, silly, sitting on your resources, saying, God, what am I doing? He's like, yeah, what are you doing? I got something for you. You got to go find yourself. Find me. I made you. I formed you. I gave you that look you got. You know that stank look? I gave you that stank look. Come on, I made you. Stop looking at the TV to find yourself. Stop looking at bloggers so, so you can look like a blogger, look like a child of God. I got you. Stop looking at the world. Stop looking at the world because the world didn't make you. You were born in this world, but you're not from this world. You're from heaven. I made you. I formed you in, the, in your mother's womb. Finding yourself contradicts that you were created. Finding yourself contradicts that you were created. Because if you were created, you wouldn't, there's nothing in yourself that you can find to help yourself. I love the self-help section in Barnes & Noble's. Self-help. Like if your legs are broken, you can just help yourself up. Like if you're struggling with lust, you can unlust yourself. Like if you're struggling with addiction, you can just unaddict yourself. If you're the problem, how can something who's the problem fix itself? And see, the world is understanding this. The world, the world who don't love Jesus, they're understanding this. So what are they doing? They're running everywhere. They're running to drugs. They're running to success. They're running to yoga. They're running to all these things. I took a yoga class, and I preached that once. Man, I love the yoga class. I love the people that they're so passionate. I took a yoga class. I'm with these people. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> people are running to something. The teacher, she was like, I've been doing yoga for 20 years. It changed my life. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm hurt, when I'm struggling, when I don't know how to do I pull, I pull over, and I breathe. And you're laughing, but breathing actually helps. Like, just physically, it actually helps. Like, this, just take a chill pill. And I'm just like, but imagine at that moment you just called on the name of Jesus. Jesus. The world is running. They're running. You can't find help within yourself. You got to go somewhere. Never think you can go find yourself. I'm going to take a break from church. You're going to take a break from your purpose. That's what you're going to do. You're going to take a break. Hear me. You're going to take a break from being around people of faith to being around people of the world. And if you can't serve God while still being in church, imagine outside. I'm, I'm trying not to do this, guys. Let me go find myself. Let me go find myself. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. This is crazy. That's what it says in, in the story. It says, upon arriving to Geneva, Victor Frankenstein, the scientist, he sees the creature near the crime scene 
climbing a mountain. For the first time, the creator sees the creation. He sees him in a, in a bad place, in a crime scene. Isn't that funny how when, when, when Frankenstein goes on a search to finding himself, people are getting hurt? Isn't it amazing how in Frankenstein's search to finding himself, people are dying? People see him as ugly. They hate him. Man, how many relationships have you gone into looking to find yourself and now that you've separated, there is pain on the other end. How many situations have you gone into trying to find yourself and people end up hurt and damaged in the process? Listen, finding yourself, one, is a lie. Two, it's selfish. Because you don't consider anybody on your way down. Going to find yourself is a dead end. And everyone you take with you, they will reach destruction. How many relationships have been tarnished with people because that was just a step in you finding yourself? I'm just trying to find myself. I'm just trying to find myself. Here's the truth. If you ever need to find yourself, you need to find the source. My next point today, just go to the source. Can we say it with our lips? Come on, just go to the source. Say it again. Just go to the source. Everything you need, God has it for you. Paint this picture. Come on. He is your father. You are his child. The Bible says, if a man knows how to love on his daughter, like a, a physical man, if, if a man who is just human, if a man who has long days at work and comes home tired, if a man who has some things he's dealing with, if a man in flesh and blood and issues and stress, if a man knows how to still love his child, how much more does the God of heaven know how to love on his children? I want to paint this picture. Listen, God is thinking about you. God is in love with you. You think you knew love in that relationship? You don't know love. A love that looks at you and waits for you and anticipates you. I mean, if he could, he opened the door for you. I mean, if he could have been, he's like hovering over you like no raindrop touching my boo bear. No, sir. He loves you. You are a child of God. He loves you. When you hurt, he hurts. When you cry, man, I love that analogy of leaving 99 found to going after the one that's lost. He loves you. Come on, he's always going after you. Yeah, we search for God. Yeah, we seek God. But, man, God's really seeking us. Here's the thing. Where am I searching for who I am. Is it in God or is it in the world? Where am I searching for who I am? Where in my life am I searching? Is it in God or what is it in the world? Let's go to the first book of the Bible, the first chapter, chapter 26 and 28. The book of Genesis says this. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the earth, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his what? In his what? In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth and subdue it. He made you. I love the picture the Bible paints. He made you in his image. In other words, 
when, when he sees you, he sees himself. Ooh! In other words, when he sees you, he sees glass. And it's just a reflection of who he is. When God made you, he said, I'm going to make you in my image. There's something in you. There's something inside of you that when God sees it, he sees himself. He made you in his image. You are a reflection of your creator. And you wonder why the enemy is out to get you. You wonder why the enemy wants to tempt you and destroy you and destroy your life and destroy your family and tempt you and bring you down and have you wrapped in lust and have you wrapped in You wonder why he sees you. He'll see you. He sees God. He hates you because you look like God. That's why he hates you. And then what he's going to do, he's going to lie to you. He's going to lie to you. Because if you see yourself ugly, you're calling God ugly. Because if you see yourself as not worthy, man, that's a shot at the dude up there. If I can get all these people to believe that they need to go out and find things and they can actually get full of drugs and be happy and they can actually get full of parties and be happy and they can actually be addicted to sex and still be happy and they can actually be in all these places and be happy. If I can confuse them, maybe have a chance at hurting your creator. But the truth is, is that you are a reflection of God which makes you, oh, this is crazy. I didn't have this in my notes. You are a reflection of God, which makes you his children. When my dad sees me, he sees me. But without him, I wouldn't be there. When he sees me, he sees himself. When he sees me, he sees passion. One night a long time ago, my mom and dad got jiggy. It's a young adult service. And when he sees me, he, he's reminded of a night of passion and a night of love. That's beautiful. When he see, he's reminded, I love him. And when I see him, I see myself. I'm a reflection of God. You see, the world, they don't got to come to church to see God. They just got to look at you. The world, they don't, don't got to be at the altar to experience God. They just need a Christian right next to them. And they can say, man, you're different. Man, you talk different. Man, you walk, something's going on. I'm just attracted to you. Let me dump on you. And you're like, God, why are these people opening up to me? I don't know what's that. You're a reflection of God. You're a child of God. People are attracted to love. And God, the Bible says God is love. People are attracted to God. So when Jesus says, you know what's the most important commandment? Just love God and love everyone. Because you're literally reflecting who God is on the earth. The day there's no love on earth is the day that God is not in the earth. Man, as long as we keep the love of God alive, he is still moving. Amen? When you reject your self-worth, you deny God's process of creation. When you reject how much you're worth, you deny God's process of creation. Here's the truth. God created us, and he's in love with what he created. Ooh, he shows you off. And sometimes we don't walk like that. Sometimes we don't act like that. Sometimes we don't act like we're a child of God. I mean, ladies, next time you call beautiful, I'm, I'm a daughter of the king. 
I'm a child of God. I know I look good. I'm a child of God. Fellas, man, you, got, you look nice today. Thank you. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. That's just, that's just what it is. I'm a child of God. I know it sounds funny, but man, the next issue you go through, they say, wait, wait, wait. I'm a child of God. You're trying to distract me. You're trying to lead me away from my purpose. Hold up. I'm a child of God. You're trying to tempt me. You're trying to tell me I'm ugly. You're trying to tell me I'm worthless. I'm a child of God, and no matter how far I wander, no matter how far I walk away from God, I am still his property. He's still my dad, and I know he's searching for me. I'm a child of God. You look great. You did great in worship, too. Thank you. I'm a child of God. I know that. Glory to God, but I'm a child of God. <laughs> Let it create, let this create something in you. I'm a child of God. I haven't been blessed yet, but I'm a child of God. It's on its way. I'm not healed yet, but I'm a child of God. He knows what I'm going through. He knows what I'm dealing with. He knows my sickness. He knows I need healing. I'm a child of God. It's on its way. And while I'm waiting, I'm not waiting because my hands are up and I know he's with me. I'm a child of God. Frankenstein searched for his identity and watch this. He ended up asking his creator, who am I? That's the thing. People, you, if you go find yourself, you will end up right back at the feet of God. And you'll see how long the time you wasted. And if I just went to God, the first time I felt lost. Then a week turned to months, and a month turned to seasons. And it's been three years since I've loved God, since I heard his voice. Man, I feel like an orphan. I feel like God doesn't want me here. That's what the enemy wants you to say. You're too ugly to approach God like you used to. You're too dirty. But the Bible says that he formed me in the womb. And he knows what's best for me. He knows the dirt I'm going to experience. But he knows just when to step in and save me. He is my God. Let me tell you what your God thinks of you. Have the band come up. No longer slaves to fear. I am a child of God. That's my jam. Let's get the whole band up. Can I tell you what the Bible says about you? Can I tell you for just a moment? You know what, the, you know what God says? You know what God thinks about you? Genesis. I'm sorry. Exodus verse 14, 14. Just for the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Somebody say, the Lord will fight. Say it with your chest. The Lord will fight for me. I just need to be still. Next time you feel like you got to get up and fight, God is saying, sit down and wait. I'm coming. Be still and know that I am God. I'm your defender. I'm your father. I know what's best for you. Here's another verse. I love this one. Deuteronomy 31.8. This is what God thinks. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. He's with you. Young adult trying to find out the purpose of God and the plan of God. Be more concerned with the presence of God. He's with you. 
We said this last week. I am the one. My purpose is right now. If I got breath in my lungs, I could do what God wants me to do right here, right now. Do not be afraid. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never abandon you. I'm after you. Don't be discouraged. I'm with you. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I know the plans I have for you. Come get my presence because with my presence comes the plans. Come get it. Oh, Jesus. I feel the love of God in this room right now. It's like waving all over this place. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let's pick up a little bit more. Come on, Mark 11, 24. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. What are you asking for? What do you need from your father? Because he has it waiting. He's waiting. Man, God, I'm not receiving anything. Are you asking me? Because I'm your father. I know how to bless you. I know how to give you faith. I know how to give you happiness and joy and peace. I know how to do what only I can do. God, I'm not receiving. Start asking. Come on, he wants to bless you. Psalms 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? I'm walking through life. I'm not afraid of nobody. I'm a child of God. He got me. My favorite verse is, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. I'm a child of God. I am labeled a child. I am labeled his property. I can go in the hardest times in life and believe that he's with me. Man, I don't know if you're in hard times right now. If you're not, you're going to enter some hard times. I don't know if you're in a dry season right now. Just you feel dry. If you're not, it's on its way. Jesus never said, when you follow me, there's going to be no issues. That's not what he said. He said, listen, the world hated me, so they're going to hate you because they hated me first. He never promises that we won't have no problems, but he promises to walk with you because you are his child and he loves you. My favorite verse tonight, Philippians 4. It's my favorite one. Young adults, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by what? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's what prayer night is going to be. Who's going to be at prayer night? Last, last time we did prayer night, we had 81 people in the house. We had no chairs. And in two hours, come on, we pressed in. I feel like God was just walking around the room, just blessing people. Come on, some of us spoke in tongues for the first time, baptizing the Holy Ghost. It's going to be crazy. And it's going to be good. It's your moment to, to put some requests in God's hands. It says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Let's sing that chorus out. Can we meditate for a moment? Meditation. Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. No longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave. Every head by every eye closed. Come on, meditate, meditate. I am. 
God. 